We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Just finished halftime here on Overtime with Jillian and Chris. They're on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the radio.com app. I'm Kristen Ocero. No Jillian Carroll in this week. She should be back next time we're on the air in, I think it's in three weeks. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks. So make sure you, uh, you, you keep up with that. I'm pretty sure she's going to have a lot to say about this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes about to get the richest contract in NFL history talk because I expect within the next couple weeks or next couple months or so that these talks are going to heat up, especially before we get like, hopefully they get it done before like really early in free agency. So the team can kind of focus on what they're going to do after that, because at that point now they don't have to worry about, okay, let's, we got our money out the way for Patrick. Let's worry about everything else. Let's worry about Chris Jones and everything. So definitely going to keep up on that. Uh, Produced as always, well, not as always, usually by Julio Sanchez, who's doing all the hard work. Let's get to Julio's web hits. All right. First one on the docket here. Recruit signs fake letter of intent to Ole Miss. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's see here. Wide receiver Detravion Brown from Louisiana held a press conference at his high school claiming that he's going to sign with Ole Miss, but was never actually offered a letter of intent uh, and had to retract his uh, his signing. Your thoughts? <laughs> what? First off. What made him think that he was going to get away with that? Because we know that a lot of times this, there's always some fanfare behind when players decide that they're going to make their commitment in front of a crowd. You know that these schools are sitting there waiting around like that. Imagine if, because it was it Lane Kiffin's at Ole Miss, right? Correct. So imagine if you're Lane Kiffin and you're sitting around and next thing you know, you hear some kid that you've never heard of announce that he's signing a letter of intent to come play for your school. I mean, is he, maybe he's, well, apparently they gave him a verbal. Oh yeah. They retracted the verbal because they had flipped another wide receiver. Yeah. They let him know that. And then he even admitted a few days before, before holding this whole press conference that they had pulled his scholarship, but he went ahead and and figured out. I'm, I'm assuming he, if he was going to throw it out there anyways, that, hey, maybe if I throw it out there, it's public. They're going to have to have me commit now. They have no choice, and that was they not the case. They scholarships. Not the case. They These schools have a limited number of scholarships they can hand out to players. They don't have the money to sign. Well, they, they, they have the money. They don't have the slots available to sign him like that. I, I, I'll say this. I do feel bad for these players whenever a, a, a guy is like at school is recruiting that person. And then they're like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. And they just throw him away. 
I do feel bad for some of those kids, some of those kids, because those kids get into their minds where they're going to end up going. And for him, he was probably excited that he found that he's going to go yeah, come on, play man, with Lane Kiffin. You're just setting yourself up for they. They let you know that that's not going to be the case. What the hell are you doing? I mean, holding I mean, a press I conference for, for a little bit. I mean, this is kind of like yeah, other offers. when you're dating a chick and then she decides that she's gonna she's gonna stop talking to you and go talk to some other dude or whatever, and you start telling people that your that's your girlfriend or whatever. Like that's it's a little bit too much. You're trying a little bit too hard to try to get people to to believe into this nonsense or whatever. But I kind of feel sorry for the kid because these kids are faced with a very tough decision and they're imagining where they're going to go with all of these schools. And then all of a sudden, the school that you think you want to go to tells you, yeah, we don't want you anymore. Yeah, the, the girl broke up with him, but he yeah. refuses to buy into the fact that she no longer wants him and, yeah. and he's still living his life of we're still together. It's fine. Well, yeah. Some of these guys are, some of these guys like have an idea. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be with this, be with this chick. We're all good. I mean, and if I keep says, saying no. it, it's eventually going to be yeah, true. Right? Yeah. It's like when you keep telling people, you keep trying to convince her that, yeah, we could be together. We could be good. I don't, I mean, I can understand where he's coming from. He's a kid anyways. I don't, I feel bad for him. I don't. What's next? Uh, a group of four students that attend the, uh, and this is per Total Pro Sports, uh, a group of four students that attend Malcolm X Shabazz High School in New uh, Newark, New Jersey, are facing possible criminal charges after they allegedly, allegedly jumped and beat their own basketball coach up in a fight Whoa, on Tuesday. What? Yes, sir. <laughs> you said students? Yes, and the uh, the video is pretty disturbing. I'm not going to lie. Disturbing? Uh, we, is that the video we watched earlier in the bullpen? Uh, it is. Uh, it is not. It is, is not a different one. That wasn't we the same fight. Up, that folks. was a different fight. I gotta watch this fight. Then, what did, was the coach good? Was the team winning? They lo- did they lose like a big game? No. Uh, it looks like they were coming out of. They had lost. It was a big loss, and they were coming out of the game. And for whatever reason, they, they just uh, some of the teammates just kind of jumped them. And I'm talking like. No, oh, pulled was, him to the ground, kicked oh, him in the head. Players like, on the team, yeah, players on his his oh, own wow. players. What did he do? Jumped him. What did he do? They're still trying <laughs> to identify what all like, what happened with it, but I'm telling you, man, that the video is it's not great, man. Wow, they beat up their. Coach. They deserve anything they get from that, man. There's no. That's just completely. Wow, they beat for. up their. Co- yeah, that that's too far. That's too far. I mean, I've had some coaches that I was like, man, I don't I don't like you because you you're a terrible coach. But I don't think you then should quit. Be- yeah, quit. Well, it's I, not I did. I, I quit my football team because my coaches weren't good. I was like, yeah, this is I'm not putting my safety on the line so that we can run because I was a receiver. I was like, I'm not putting my safety on the line so I can block so you can run dive plays 50 times a game. So I was I was out of there. But yeah, I don't I'm not going to fight my coach. My coach will whoop my ass anyways because I was I think I, I wasn't even 130 pounds when I was when I played football in high school. So yeah, he did. He'd rock my world. But yeah, no, I I, I that's a little too far. Yeah, I'm cool with the criminal charges and whatnot. You don't need to beat up your coach. What's next? Well, while we're on the subject, I saw uh, this video. You ever uh, you, you ever see the movie You Got Served? No, no. Well, this is You Got Served Gone Wrong. So uh, this is that's only like a, that's like a dance step. They, they they're stepping right. Yes, exactly. yeah, okay, it's like yeah. A dance I, step I, competition. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was like popular when I was a kid. Yes. I never watched it. And, and this is. Uh, Good gosh. You can only expect this to happen in, in St. Louis. But uh, a cheerleading competition in St. Louis turned into a, a massive brawl. We kind of, like you alluded to, watched this in, uh, before the show here. Two uh, two groups of cheerleaders were kind of doing a dance-off in the middle of the court, and it 
started to get physical and turned into a gigantic brawl. And when I say brawl, I mean these girls oh, were swinging brawl. and pulling at each other. They it was were. a legitimate brawl. And if it, watch the video, folks, it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. It was very entertaining. It sounded like the In person sad, on the intercom. The person? No, it was not sad. It, <laughs> it was really entertaining. Actually, <laughs> I had enjoyed. I, I went to Ruskin High School. I saw stuff like this all the time. Uh, I, I I very much enjoyed almost all the fights. They were serving each other. Oh, they were they were serving up them them hands real quick. I really enjoyed this video. It, it there was there was one or two things that were happening here. It's ridiculous. Either the person on the intercom was trying to break up the fight, or he was trying to egg on the fight. And I don't doubt that it was the second one. That's I, what it sounded like to me. I don't doubt it was the dude like, hey, I bet you won't hit her though. And I'll tell you this, that is so entertaining. That's what I used going, to do. Oh, oh yeah. no, she did. Oh, like, she hit her. Oh, oh. That, because that was me when I was in high school. I, when I was in high school, we used to have people that used to throw hands in the in the, in the hallway. And we used to promote it like it was boxing, like it was, we were Don King or whatever. And we used to like, oh, yeah, six period, the fight between whoever and whoever. And we'd all meet up at the spot that they were supposed to do the fight at. And the teachers were usually like, oh, what are they gathering for? And then eventually, you know, they figured out it was a fight. But it was too late at that point. Then we'd have this big husky assistant principal named Mr. Simpson. And he would run down the, the hallway like a linebacker. And he'd usually take one of the people in the fight. He'd slam them against the locker or something. He'd tackle them. It was so great to watch. Because he, he was like a college wrestler. He was he 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 actually I don't know if you you're not a wrestling fan but some of the wrestling fans out there I'm know not the know the wrestler Kurt Angle that. they know the wrestler Kurt Angle my my assistant principal at the time Mr Simpson he when he was in college he beat Kurt Angle in a, in a wrestling match so something to be this, proud of yeah he was and Kurt Angle was a, he was an Olympic wrestler so we're talking about someone who's really good because he was able to beat Kurt Angle which have by speaking of which I just seen a picture of Ken Shamrock. Oh, he looks good, that but he's, dude is. He looks good, but he can't wrestle he eats, anymore. He, he looks terrible. HGH for breakfast. It yeah. Looks like. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. He's. Yeah. He's. He. He. To he be eats it for breakfast, lunch, ripped? and dinner. Probably. Gosh. He looks absolutely terrible, right? <laughs> I, he looks. He looks shredded. But you know, I've seen him wrestle Old looking man like body that. Shredded though. I've, yeah, and I've seen him wrestle like that. He looks like an old man. He just is very, very shredded. But he look. He wrestles like an old man. He is absolutely terrible out there. Uh, last but not least, and I, I don't normally like to do this with the, the rumors and such, but I think this season is going to be pretty tumultuous when it comes to the quarterback position. You know, there's going to be a lot of turnover and transition with the older quarterbacks and that kind of thing. Uh, but rumor has it that Cam Newton might get traded to Los Angeles. And we kind of had this discussion, uh, fun yeah. discussion before the show on possibilities. Uh, your thoughts on Cam Newton possibly going to the Chargers? If I got a top 10 pick, I don't know if I'm trading for for Cam. I I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know if he's going to be a fit with that team. I mean, if I was, I'll tell you this: if I was a team that was in a legit fit, if I was in the twenties, oh hell yeah, I'm picking him. But I don't know if that team is coached well enough to work and use Cam's abilities as good as they possibly can. Because Cam is a is a different kind of like you need like what John John Harbaugh has in Baltimore to be able to use his abilities, his talents to the best of his ability. I don't know if they've got that over there in uh in Los Angeles because I mean hell, you look at that that offense and they've got a lot of talent on there. They got Keenan Allen, they got Mike Williams, they got Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry. They're not they're not using it right. 
And I don't know if Cam is going to fix all their woes. But I, I, I think they need a quarterback. They almost need a quarterback like that because I'll tell you what, that, that offensive line is hot garbage. So they need, they, I think they need an established quarterback. Cam's just going to get hurt again. Uh, I'd, rather, I'd, rather I mean, you, I'd rather you go out and get the a case. young guy that isn't broken and see if you can do something with him. I'm always privy to going with the unknown versus the known. I know what Cam Newton is, and I know he's an IR stint waiting to happen. I don't, like, if they can get a Justin Herbert, if they can get, I mean, I don't know about that Jordan Love kid or whatever from Utah State, but maybe maybe Tua falls. Maybe teams are like, eh, I don't know about the broken hip thing. Uh, maybe they go Maybe they go with, maybe he falls to them, and they can kind of, they can get some stopgap and develop him behind them. Behind them. Which, I, by the way, Melvin Gordon, I don't think he's resigning. He's a free agent. Also, I don't think so either, no. Austin Eckler. Who He's is done. severely underrated. Yeah. I would love to see him in a Chiefs uniform. I love Austin Eckler. Uh, he's a free agent as well. Yeah, he'll be I a free agent. I don't know where the charges are going to be at, man. Yeah, that's why I don't know if it's worth going out there and making and spending the kind of picks that it's going to take in order to get Cam. Because you spend all that to get Cam and you don't have anything around him. Well, now you got a 30-something quarterback that has a long injury history that is behind a bad offensive line. It's just going to continue to get hurt. I just something about it. Like I, I, I would pers- personally much rather see Cam in a place that's a little bit more stable that just needs a quarterback. I don't think that place is is Los Angeles. Coming up next, we're going to discuss how much of an impact Alex Smith had on the Chiefs Super Bowl season this year. Back in here on Overtime with Jillian and Chris. I'm Chris Unocero. Julio Sanchez is producing this operation. No Jillian Carroll this week. She'll be back when we come back on the 29th of February. We have a two-week hiatus due to Kansas State basketball. But we will be back in full force. Julio might be here for that show. I'll be here. <laughs> Vacation's over with. Yes. And uh, we can really dig into this Chiefs offseason. That'll be around the time that the NFL scouting combine is going on. I think that's the 27th through March 1st, I believe. So that'll be prime time for us to hear about offseason acquisitions. That'll be not too long before we see the beginning of free agency in the um, in the NFL, the league year will start, I think, a couple weeks after we do that show. So make sure you keep it locked here on uh, Overtime with Jillian and Chris. I want to get into Alex Smith. And one of the big points that we've been hearing throughout the week, and we've been, I mean, frankly, we've been kind of hearing this the last two years, is the kind of impact that Alex Smith has on Patrick Mahomes and his development as a quarterback. One of the things that we've been hearing about for a long time now, and we've heard this from Mahomes, we've heard this from from Big Red, talking about what Alex Smith did for Patrick Mahomes that helped him become the kind of quarterback that he is today. Here is Andy Reid last week talking about 
just how valuable Alex's mentorship was to our quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Alex Smith was phenomenal. He, uh, uh, he, and he wasn't asked to do this, um, but he let Patrick into his world. Now, Patrick handled it the right way. He, he was humble um, around Alex. He didn't try to overstep his bounds with Alex, but yet competed. And, um, and so with that, Alex let him kind of tag along and, and uh, uh, with him on the field and off the field, showed him how to be a, uh, a pro. So how you study, your diet, your workout plan, um, you know, family, how you, how you uh, work your family into, into the National Football League, being a great player in the National Football League. So, um, you know, I, I joke about it, but it's true. Um, that Patrick couldn't pay Alex enough for what he gave him with that experience. Yes, he could. Patrick about to get paid a lot of money. He can afford to pay what Alex Smith did for him because, let's be honest here, I do not think Alex Smith was that integral to the development of Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he helped him, but it certainly wasn't anything that I think we saw tangible on the field. It was mindset. It was preparation. It was it were the things that they do off the field to help him be a better professional. But that doesn't mean that he was never going to learn that stuff anyways. And it doesn't mean that he wasn't going to learn that stuff from the staff. I mean, this is a guy that is he was he was a guy that was highly thought of coming out of college. This was a guy that people were looking at and and were like, this guy could be a franchise quarterback. Do you think the Chiefs weren't going to do everything they could to help him learn how to research, how to manage his diet, how to approach things as a professional? He has a quarterback's coach. His quarterback's coach used to play quarterback in the NFL. So if Alex Smith was like, uh, did the Brett Favre thing, I'm not going to show you how to do that stuff. You're going to have to learn on your own, rookie. Do you think that there is nobody that could have taught him how to do that? No. There's totally someone in that organization that could help him do that. Andy Reid himself could help him learn that stuff. Alex Smith was not an indispensable part of Patrick Mahomes' development as a quarterback. Was he helpful? Sure. I totally think he was helpful. He was like, but the way that Big Red is trying to to say it, and the way that that Patrick Mahomes is is saying it, they're making it seem like Mahomes wouldn't be what he is today without Alex Smith. And I'm calling BS on it. Patrick Mahomes already had that in him to begin with. Alex Smith didn't help make him into that. He already had that in him. But he would, just needed it to be refined. Wouldn't you say it, it at least admit that it, it upped the timetable on that? We don't know. That's one of the things like and and you could make a case for it, but we don't know what it would have been without it. Because I certainly think that the Chiefs would have done everything to make sure that somebody was teaching him how to prepare himself to be an NFL quarterback. Because you knew, I knew, Alex knew this, Andy knew this, Brett Veach knew this. Everyone in that organization knew that 2017 was Alex's last year in Kansas City. Alex said at the beginning of the year during an interview on ESPN, he said, this is probably my, actually it was Bleacher Report. And he said, this is probably my last year in Kansas City. He knew it. Everyone knew it. So at that point, 
if you're the Chiefs and you know that you're not going to stick with your starting quarterback after that year, you're damn sure going to have somebody out there preparing his replacement to be that guy. Because otherwise, you're SOL if that guy goes out there and he doesn't know how to how to take care of himself as a professional. So I don't I, I'm not buying the whole well he would he upped the timetable because the Chiefs are one of the best run organizations in football. Somebody would have been out there teaching Mahomes how to prepare himself to be an NFL quarterback. So I don't know if I'm buying that. I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there. Chris is a is a, a well known hater. Yeah. Alex Smith. I, I, so this take this does not <laughs> does not surprise me whatsoever. This falls exactly in line with, with with what I will say is a very consistent position that you've had when it comes to Alex Smith. <laughs> I will admit this. I, I'm I not said on this your on train, so I'm going to let times. you take this one yourself. I've said this all so this many times. Absolutely, ridiculous. I talked about this after the game. I was like, I'm the president of the I, well, former president because there's no need for it now. But I am the former president of the Alex Smith Haters Club. I despise that man as a player. As a person, he's a cool dude. He's A-OK in my book. If I had children, I'd let him watch my kids. I'd like for him to be a role model for those kids. He'd be my godfather. He'd be my godfather of my kids if I had children of my own, but I do not. But he is, I hate that man as a player. I despise him as a player. Why? Because he, he did is, such. He did so many good things here. He is the avatar of mediocrity at the Chiefs quarterback position. He, like if consistency. we. Consistency. That's the thing is like consistency, consistency, but he's consistently mediocre. Which is what this organization needed at that time. No, they needed yes. a great quarterback. Well, if they, they could have gotten, got that. If they would have gotten, if they could have gotten Patrick Mahomes as is in 2013, that I guarantee they'd have taken that over the stupidity of of Alex Smith. We were ki- we were kidding ourselves because of Matt Castle and and Brady Quinn and Kyle Orton. Set pretty low. And yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like the bar was so low that that Alex Smith felt like a great quarterback. But in the grand scheme of things, Alex Smith is really not that great. Well, no, I don't think anyone thought Alex he was a Smith great is like when you're dating a five after you've been after you've been married to a two for all the few years. Alex was a that's seven and Alex, a half. No, he's a seven okay, and a half. He's a six. He's not a seven and a half. Seven and a half. He's a, he's a good looking guy too. Come on. We're not talking about looks. We're he's just talking guy. He's, he's a, a solid six. player. He's a six after you've been married to a two. He was just limited. That's what I'm saying. And like you don't you don't fall in love with the six. But you he was wait the till you get to ten. Gap. You wait till they get to the nine or ten. That's what you wait for. That's what you're like. Oh man, that's great. But you got to have a couple of those sevens or sixes ahead of time so that you can really, really appreciate that ten, right? Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying is like that doesn't mean we have to overstate the value of the six or the seven. That's a six or a seven for a reason. Let's appreciate the ten. Seven and a half. I I just don't think he had that much of an impact. Like if if, if you look at that, I I think someone would have taught him how to be a pro regardless. Patrick Mahomes didn't learn how to do the left-handed pass or the no-look pass from Alex Smith. Alex Smith would have never tried that in a game. Alex Smith didn't even want to throw into the tight windows that Alex was doing, that uh, Patrick was doing 15 now. yards down the, he didn't. <laughs> down the he field. He didn't. He was probably, he's like, he's like, he's probably looking at, at Andy all sideways. Anytime Andy would dial up any play with a primary, had to, had to go over 15 yards before you throw the football. He's like, I'm not doing that, Andy. Like, I guarantee you he was looking at him like, that or Andy was like, you're not doing that, Alex. So, uh, no, nah, I, I let's let's chill out on the on the Alex. Some people are talking about Alex getting a ring. Alex, that's not, ridiculous. Al, some that's there ridiculous. have been people who that's have good. spread the b- blasphemy. That is Alex Smith getting a ring. Get the bleep out of here. 
Alex Smith don't deserve no ring. He doesn't deserve a ring because he taught Patrick how to be a pro. He was here for five seasons, won one playoff game. He he you had the you had the uh the twenty eight point lead that you blew against the Colts, which isn't his fault, but it happened on his watch. You have the no field, the no touchdown game against the Steelers that he should have won. You have the 18-point lead at halftime against the Marcus Mariota-led Tennessee Titans. And there are people out here that say that man deserves a ring. Get the hell out of here. He did what he what guys like him do. They stabilize your organization. They win you some football games. But they don't deserve rings well, unless they're backup quarterbacks. 816 with a good point. I think Mahomes learn more just by watching Alex and the way he missed deep throws and sometimes just wouldn't even throw it deep uh, and just check down. Uh, that's a solid point. He learned what? He learned what not to do what? by watching Alex. You Smith. can watch a lot of quarterbacks and learn what not to do without having them sit above you. That doesn't make any sense. Well, let's give Alex Smith credit because he was so bad at being a great quarterback. He was not that bad. He was bad at being a great quarterback. As far as being a great quarterback, he was terrible at it. He was great at being a mediocre quarterback. He but was great at that. He couldn't make the great throws. Such a hater. You can watch that for opposing You're such team. Such a hater. He can go watch some of these other. He can watch. He can go watch film of Elvis Gerbach, and he can learn what not to do as a quarterback. He can go watch Steve Bono and learn what not to do as a quarterback. You don't. It, you can watch Matt Castle. It doesn't. You don't have to sit there and be on the sidelines to watch mediocre to be like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to do that. That's no, no. Eight one six texter. No, that's a terrible point. It's not. That's a terrible point. No. I'm not going to give him that leeway. He was not good enough. Coming up next, (laughs) I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be too invested in the XFL. Now entering the fourth quarter here on Overtime with Jillian and Chris. I'm Chris Nocero. I'm here with my guy, Julio Sanchez. No Jillian this week. She'll be back when we're back on the air in three weeks. Now, um, today is a big day in sports for some people. Earlier in the show, uh, well, earlier in the afternoon, not in the show, uh, my uh, my co-worker here at at uh, 610 Sports Radio, uh, one Dusty Likens. He he had some heat for some of y'all oh, fans out here. He, it was funny. He came out after the break. It was like before the final uh, segment of his show. And he was hated because some of y'all were killing him because he called uh, some of y'all simpletons for getting excited about the XFL. I don't know if I use simpletons, but I'm not excited about Ooh. the XFL. I call people who are junkies like a Jay Binkley guy. The diehards. Yeah, like you need to have a football game happening because you're so addicted to the game. That's just what you are. I don't know if I use that, but like, you know, it was it was pretty hilarious when, when Dusty told us. He that. had that he had the text line feeling he, some type of way. He, I'll they, tell you that. They were in their feelings for real. Not in a good way. Well, why would you call us simpletons? <laughs> Get out your damn feelings, texters. But I, I will say this. Uh, we've I've been I've got the LA a Houston game on right now. Watch the DC. I watched uh, a good portion of the DC and Seattle game earlier uh, on on um, it was on uh, what, CBS ABC. ABC. It was on ABC, ABC earlier. 
this league is not meant to last. It's just not. Like, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand, and Vince McMahon, he is a stubborn, stubborn man. I know this. I've been following him for, you know, what, 25 years now. I'm a big wrestling fan. Do a wrestling podcast. You can listen to it on the 435 Podcast Network called the Heat Magnet Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and download. And I talk about Vince McMahon all the time. I talked about the financial call that he did this past week where he talked about and he tried so hard to let every one of his investors know that the XFL is not owned by the WWE like it used to be back in the day. Trying so hard because when people, a lot of investors are worried about that because they know that this league is going to lose so much money and he's going to lose his ass on it just like he did the last time. He sold almost like $400 million in company stock so he could finance this league, especially after what you saw with the AAF a year ago. They lost so much money. Oh, ye of little faith. They didn't make they, – they lost so much money they shut down before the season be, before the season ended because they were losing so much money and their lead investor was like, I'm, I, can't, I can't afford to keep paying this and losing money. I mean, you're looking at this right now and – you know their housing. They had the. I think they had the game earlier in uh, at Audi Field, which is where DC United plays soccer at. And you're looking at the there the. You know I'm looking at the the Houston game right now, not full. And I know that the television deal that they have with uh, with Fox, with ABC, with ESPN, it ain't a good money deal. They're only getting production costs covered. They're not getting a split of any ad revenue or anything. So basically, they're losing money right now. This league is not going to last because I don't think there's enough interest from fans to where we need to have more football. Some fans are going to be into it, but you saw with the AAF last year, they got good ratings week one. I think they were getting like three, four million to watch games week one. Week two came and those ratings plummeted. They were getting just over one or just under one million viewers. And eventually they didn't have enough money to finance the league because they weren't making any money off of the live gates because they were spending more money renting the places and playing the players than they were actually making from merchandise sales and from live event uh, ticket sales. They're, this league is not built to last. Vince McMahon's ego got in the way again. And this is a stubborn man, and he realized that I failed miserably at running a football league. I'm going to try to get it, especially when they did that 30 for 30. He's like, oh, I can I can do this again. I'm 20 years older, and I'm supposedly smarter, and so I can do this again. He is going to lose his ass on this. And I think they'll probably get a couple seasons in because Vince McMahon has a lot of money, and so he'll probably end up having to sell more stock to keep financing the league. But at a certain point, he's just going to lose his ass on it because it's just not – this isn't good football. I want I want so badly to to disagree with you. But you know I, it's true. I really want to, I but really you know want to disagree true. with you. But, <laughs> but here's, why, here's why you're correct, right? My, my first point, if there's any talent whatsoever – that that comes out of this league or that emerges, it's it's going to mm-hmm. get sniped and they're going to yep. go to the NFL. They're going right? to they're the not going to stay in the XFL, right? So so the talent level is never going to stay consistent. It's never going to consistently be there, right? Two, 
look, the, the NFL is not like it used to be. It is it is now a a year round thing, right? It, it's not just eight months, seven months, ten months. Out. It's 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 a full year thing, right? If it, if it's not during the season, it's the preseason. If it's not the preseason, it's it's the combine. If it's not the combine, it's the draft. There, the NFL over the last ten to fifteen years has done such a good job of marketing themselves and expanding their brand to go year round and. To, to keep interest in the mm-hmm. NFL, that that hurts the XFL. And it, it, it's strictly from a developmental standpoint, there's some value to it, but how long is that going to last? Let me let me tell you how not good this league is. <laughs> We're one game in, one and a half games the, in. Tell me. The starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Vipers is Aaron Murray. I like it. Aaron I like it. bleeping Murray. The guy who got his girlfriend stolen by Hosmer. The guy who last year when he played the AAF, he was playing for the Atlanta Legends. He couldn't even get the starting job until the, the starter, Matt Sims, got hurt in the fourth week of the season. This is the guy you're having start for one of your franchises? Cardale Jones is a starter for the D.C. Defenders. This is a guy that nobody wanted. and He was there for like, what, two, three years? And I was like, oh, get the hell, hell out of here, Cardale. Couldn't get a job. These are the guys that are starting in your league. Whoever this quarterback is, number three, walking off the field for for Los Angeles, I have no idea who the hell this dude is. He looks like he needs to eat more. He does look like he needs to eat more. He's very skinny. He needs needs to put on some muscle here. He needs to drink some muscle milk or something. But I've never seen that person in my life before. Like, they have no star power. They have next 10 weeks. I don't know if I'm going to watch for 10 weeks. I don't even know if they're going to last 10 weeks. Maybe Vince realizes, yeah, this is a bad investment. He's going to pull his money. He's all in. He can can buy a stock back because it's extremely low right now because WWE stock has been plummeting the last few months. But I just, I mean, it's so funny watching this. They've been trying to piggyback so hard off of the NFL. With with the way that they've been marketing, all they show it, when they when they talk about like the star players or whatever is, see, this is what this is a player that that used to play in the NFL but isn't in the NFL anymore because he's not good enough. Like that's basically what but they have to do. Trying. That they have to do that. They have to show that the talent that they have in this league, while it's not NFL talent, at one point it maybe was. And maybe they want was. To have some of these guys weren't even to. weren't even couldn't even make it out of camp. And that was the funny thing is like they had Greg McElroy and, and, and Steve Levy out there trying their best to to try to sell us. Well some of these guys were really, really close to being NFL starters. It's like Aaron Murray was not anywhere close to being an NFL starter. Aaron Murray was hit on IR because Andy Reid thought he might have something and then he realized two years in, yeah, quickly. he doesn't have a damn thing and he got rid of him. Quickly. He very got him very, very quickly. Most of these guys, some of these guys were, you know, did actually play in NFL games, but most of these guys were preseason training camp cuts. This is not what you're going to build your, you can't expect to be able to build your league off of these guys. It's just not when you're building off a bunch of guys that people are like, oh yeah, that guy did play college football at whatever school. Like whenever it's like, oh yeah, that guy did play college football. That's not a guy you want to build your league around. Well, here's here's what the, the XFL has to hope that the NFL buys into them and uses them as more of a developmental league (laughs) so that that? that, they use them as more of a developmental league. Right. So that's one piece. Another piece they need to fall. They need more players to opt out of playing in, in the NCAA, go to the XFL and get paid in, in this more developmental league type deal. That is their only only way. That's their only chance at survival right there. 
is if they become a the the G League essentially for the NFL. Exactly. That's the only way. But the problem is, is you're probably not going to get as much fanfare as if you go play for Alabama or Florida or USC or Notre Dame. You're not going to get as much fanfare. You're not. You don't know if this league's going to last. I mean, yeah, you're going to get paid more than you probably got paid to go play for one of these top schools. But you know what? You're probably not going to get the kind of fanfare and the eyeballs that you would nope. get if you go play at one of those top colleges. And you're damn sure not going to go out there and get the kind of treatment that those guys get because they are legends on those campuses. And I don't know if these kids want to deprive themselves of that so they can go make $55,000 a year plus bonuses and incentives at, you know, based on wins and whatnot. I don't know if they want to do that. I We're very elitist about our sports. We that's the reason why like Maction and whatnot, you are diehard if you're watching Maction on the uh <laughs> Okay Bink. If you're Bink, like Bink is a diehard. He's watching <laughs> Maction. There are not enough people watching Maction to, to go out there and be like, yeah, we want to see this stuff. You're in you're a diehard. If you sit through an entire ten weeks of the regular season for the XFL, you are a die hard. Coming up next I'm going to tell you what the biggest benefit of having Mahomes is outside of the amazing throws that he makes on the field. Final segment here on Overtime with Julian and Chris here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the radio.com app. So wrapping up the show here, I want to talk about the biggest impact that Patrick Mahomes has on the game that does not include the amazing throws and runs that he makes out there. And that has to do with how he is able to completely change a team's game plan and alter a coach's mental state when he is out there on the field. One of the things that we saw in the offs in during the playoffs and in the Super Bowl was how much Patrick Mahomes was able to completely change how these head coaches run their game plans. And many times these coaches have changed their game plans in the middle of the game because Patrick Mahomes started getting hot and they realized, okay, this game plan probably isn't going to win us the game. Like one of the things, if you remember the last off season and throughout the regular season, what was the thing that we heard from all of these coaches all throughout the season from all, from all the people talking about how you beat the chiefs. It was, you have to be able to run the football You have to be able to dominate the clock and you have to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And that was the thing that we heard throughout the postseason was going to be the kryptonite for the chiefs. If they get into a quarterback duel, you should win because you got the best quarterback in football. But what happens if you go up against a team that can run the football down your throats? What happens when you go up against the Texans who ran for over 200 yards and you got absolutely embarrassed by Carlos Hyde at your own stadium. What happens when you take on the Titans 
and Derrick Henry, who ran for almost 200 yards on you in Nashville. What happens when you go against the San Francisco 49ers, the second-best rushing team in football, a team that did running back by committee, but they were they're, they're, their play calling was so great from Kyle Shanahan. Their offensive line was so effective at the way that, that they were executing his play calls that they were able to create running lanes from guys like Raheem Mostert and, and Breda and, and Tevin Coleman, guys like that, who none of those guys I think we would all mistake as being star running backs. That was the thing that we heard. But then we get into the actual games, and because of Mahomes' presence, he changes the complexion of the game, and he changes how coaches that some mediocre, some good, some great, he changes how they deal with trying to keep him off the field, how they call plays, how they run their offense. He he makes his presence alone makes it difficult for a head coach or an offensive coordinator to run their game plan. That was the thing we saw in that in that in that Texans game, where in that game it was so important that the Texans keep scoring points. They had to. Got up 21 nothing. Fourth and one, deep in Kansas City territory. They had the opportunity to go for it or take the points and go up by the very limit of three scores. What happened? They took a field goal because Bill O'Brien felt like he didn't have enough. He didn't have a play that he could call that would be that he was confident enough to get one damn yard on a down they needed to get it in. Because he's a terrible coach. He's a terrible coach, but... Think about the prospect of of not getting points there and then the Chiefs getting a touchdown and all of a sudden becomes a two-score game scared the hell out of Bill O'Brien. And then when they got the three points and the Chiefs scored and now all of a sudden it's just a 17-point game, it's the very minimum of a three-score game, they get stopped in their own territory, fourth and four, he gets spooked again because he realizes, oh, man, we blew another opportunity to keep scoring. He tries for the fake. They blow it. And then the Chiefs, a few plays later, score their second touchdown. Now it's a 10-point game when it was a 24-point game just a few minutes ago simply because of the fact that he was afraid of Mahomes and he started making coaching mistakes. We saw it in the Titans game. Their game plan was easy. Just keep handing off to King Henry. It's all you had to do. Just give it to number 22 and and ride him to a Super Bowl. What did they do? They did it early on, and then the second quarter, the Chiefs started keying on it. And then, Al, and then uh, I was about to say Alex Smith. Oh, God, I got him on my mind. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he started scoring touchdowns. And when they got that run to go up 21-17, we all knew what the deal was at that point. I think I knew. I'm pretty sure you thought the same thing as well, that at that point, the game was probably over. Because we knew that the game plan would change for the Titans, and it did. They tried on their first drive to run the football. After that, it was all Ryan Tannehill. It was all Tannehill trying to throw the football. And it was the same thing in the Super Bowl. All we heard, run the football, run the football. And they did in the first half. They did in the third quarter a little bit, though they passed a little bit more. A perfect example of that was going into halftime mm-hmm. and him kneeling the ball with three timeouts with yep. a minute left. Yep. Because he didn't, he was afraid Reed was going to use his timeouts. Exactly. And Patrick Mahomes was going to get the ball back. He was afraid of Patrick. And then when he got to the fourth quarter and he had the opportunity up two scores, up 10 points, 
All he had to do was run the football, run the clock, because they the Chiefs hadn't done a great job of stopping the run. They did a little bit in the second in the second quarter, but then they weren't great at it. He had an opportunity to put a game-winning drive together, burning time off the clock. What did he try to do? He tried to hurry up, score points, because he was worried about Patrick Mahomes. And part of it also because I, so. think, I think he was trying to I think he was also trying to prove that Jimmy G is not someone he's trying to avoid Oops. as his quarterback. Oops. I think part of it was that. But he definitely was absolutely trying to score points because he knew that a 10-point lead against Patrick Mahomes with eight minutes to go is not a comfortable lead. And for good reason, because we saw them score 21 points. In less than seven minutes, with just over seven minutes, less than eight minutes, and they end up losing that game. He's causing coaches to make mistakes, and it's costing these teams games. And that, to me, is an advantage that's not really tangible on as far as what you can do with your with your pro football focus numbers, with your DVOA and all those statistics that they make up for football outsiders. You can't measure when he causes coaches to get stupid with their play calls. And that's the reason why. That's the advantage that Mahomes presents. That isn't something that is statistical. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Saturday afternoon to listen to me. Special thanks to my producer, Julio Sanchez. I am Christian Ocero, and this is Overtime here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the radio.com app. Time with Jillian and Chris, 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.